Week 15 of the NFL season has come and gone. We have got some exciting new contenders in the playoff picture, and we get to preview an exciting Thursday night football matchup between some NFC wildcard hopefuls. All that and more coming up on The House Call. Welcome back into the House Call Gridiron segment. My name is Kyle. I am joined by Ricardo, Gage, and Justin. We are going to be breaking down all of the exciting storylines coming out of week 15 of the NFL season. Before we get to all that, I have got to shout out our amazing sponsor at Vivid Seats. Look, if you are trying to get to a football game before the tickets get insanely pricey for playoffs, you have got to use Vivid Seats. We are talking about guaranteed tickets. They are insured tickets. We are the we're talking about the best ticket buying platform on the market here people like i emphasize this every week but y'all don't listen you've got to use the link in our description get yourself to vivid seats and get your butt in a seat at a sporting event before nfl football becomes playoff football and like if you're anything like you know everyone in this episode your favorite team ain't going to be doing much playoff football. So we are going to be using Vivid Seats in the next three weeks to try and catch our favorite teams before the season is out. Thank you to Vivid Seats for sponsoring this episode. Now, we've got to talk about some of the insanity that was week 15 of the NFL season. None none more surprising to me than, I, than the Eagles' absolute collapse against the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Gage, I'm going to throw it to you first. Is it panic time in Philly? They've seemingly got a playoff spot locked up still, but I don't like how they're looking. Okay, uh, people did this panic button when the 49ers lost three straight, too, and we looked how that paid off. Although this is different because this is not the San Francisco 49ers. This is not weeks four, five, and six. This is weeks 14, 15, 16. Well, sorry, 13, 14, 15. Going Going into week 16, and... Now you may not like if you lose if you drop a game to the Giants one out of two, there's a good chance you don't win the division now. Especially because you got to like Dallas does have a tough schedule, but they already dropped one of the tougher games. Like they have Miami, yeah. Like that game could go either way. You can't count that as a win or a loss. And now you're just banking you have to win out because Dallas holds the tiebreaker over you now, which is insane to say the Eagles are now. 10 and 4 going to week 16 when we were potentially be like oh they just had that fluke loss to the Jets like I don't see them losing to anyone else so yeah it is 100% panic button time I don't know how Jalen Hurts was affected by his whatever stomach bug he had going into it but this is the second game we've seen them play a not a great team and just their offense just has nothing going the defense played a much better game this week, too. And their offense has had nothing going. Jalen Hurts had really nothing doing. And you're going to need more big plays out of him if you're going to try to win games, especially in the playoffs. No, absolutely. And it was so it was so weird because, like you said, the Eagles defense did show up. They got two sacks on the day. But they also they were playing really... Drew Locke. Sorry. I forgot What's to say, that? they were also playing Drew Locke. They're also playing Drew Locke. Like, legitimately... The fact that they lost to Drew, the Drew Locks Seahawks is so <laughs> mind-numbing to me. But it, it, you look at the passing breakdown, Jalen Hurts only threw for 143 yards. Like, that's that's alarming. And when your rushing attack is able to put up 178 and you can't, you know, get it done, that's really, really just – that's a major concern for me. And like, we, like we've said in previous episodes, like the Eagles went from playing complimentary football – at minimum to now they're not even doing that because we were expecting, you know, the Eagles of 2022, the punchy in the mouth, really, you know, explosive offense and a great stout defense with an unbelievable pass rush. And they still do have a great pass rush. Don't get me wrong, but that offense is just stalling and they are really, really missing Shane Steichen over in Philly right now. Justin, I'm throwing it to you next. Give me your thoughts on the Eagles potentially sliding right when your giants are about to play them. That's not the only person they miss. They miss Miles Sanders. They miss TJ Edwards. They miss Marcus Epps, Javon Hargrave, Kaiser White. Let let's let's be honest, real CJJ. Quick. Yep, CJJ. The problem is, this is not the Eagles of last year. The Eagles of last year was putting up 
records, specifically on defense, specifically in the sack department. They're not doing it this year. We knew that they were going to take a step back slightly, but to have this kind of collapse, because I am going to call it a collapse because we are late in the season, is not the right time to be doing this. Now, I've seen, I seen the highlights of the game. Jalen Hurts, while not looking like 100% Jalen Hurts, was still an effective quarterback on the run and in the pass. But he had to run into a former giant called Julian Love who picked him off twice. And the problem that I'm seeing is if you run on Philly, they're going to fold. This isn't the first game that we've seen a team run on Philly's defense that is supposed to be stout, especially in that front line, but they can't get the job done. How and, unlike another NFC East team that I'm sure we're going to talk about. Yeah, but that that's this is the problem. If you run on Philly, you have a better chance of beating them. They are not as scary as they was last year. And unfortunately, you have the 49ers who can run the football. And you do have ugh, the Dallas Cowboys, even though they got their asses whooped as well. But these are two teams that have shown, hey, you ain't scary no more. And the fact that you lost now to a competing wildcard team, the NFC is going to be a very interesting thing to see because Philly may try to spin this and say like, oh, we're back to being the underdogs. No, you're you're back to being like the horse that's about to go back in the pasture. Oh, oof. no, it's true though. Because like, that's the thing. We... It's such a strong Super Bowl hangover for the team that didn't even win the Super Bowl. They just went. And it's really, you know, it's disappointing because I did like the Eagles to come out of the NFC at the start of this season. But after what I've seen with the offense, it's just not impressive. Uh, Ricky, I'm going to you next. Give me your thoughts on, you know, where do the Eagles fall in the NFC playoff picture now? Yeah, I mean, if you tuned into last week, I was the one pumping the brakes on the Eagles fraud thing. <laughs> but... Uh, after last night, I, uh, you know, I started to get a little worried um, because all of those little things, the way that they were winning games are kind of scraping by games in the early part of the season, early mid part of the season. They're kind of starting to creep up now. You know, the Jalen Hurts turnovers. He's got 17 on the year. Okay. Picks and fumbles, you know, whatever you, however you combine them, but he's got 17 turnovers on the year. Um they they made the defensive coordinator change. I know they didn't uh, do the, the I guess on paper change. You know they didn't name Matt Patricia the coordinator, but um, they did put him in charge of calling the, the defensive plays. And yeah, they, they you know they they did all right, but they gave up a, a 92 yard game winning drive to Drew Locke. You know, and and I feel like every time I turn around, James Bradbury was getting burned <laughs> you know or he was getting called for a, a pass interference or a holding on dk metcalf and all these little things are starting to pop up and you know it's starting to become alarming so as far as where they land in the playoff picture i mean of course they're they're, they're getting in of course I, if they haven't already clinched i'm sure they've already clinched right regardless yeah. right so it's just a matter of you know, are the Eagles going to finish strong instead of limping into this playoffs? Because they do have the opportunity with the Giants twice um, and the Cardinals, I believe they play. Is that correct? They play the Cardinals as well in one of those? Ooh, I, believe. I believe so. So Giants, Cardinals, Giants, I believe. Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Right. So, you know, on paper, I mean, of course, this is the NFL. Those guys get paid, too. You know, the, the DeVito show must roll on, you know. Those guys get paid too. But on paper, of course, they're going to be favored in each and one of those games. And if you're an Eagles fan, if you're an Eagles player, you're a coach, you want to look strong and play strong and get into the playoffs on a three-game win streak instead of hobbling into the playoffs. Absolutely. It's all about that momentum. And we say it all the time, how you play in December is so critical to any sort of playoff hopes that you have. Um, I just, it's, God, it's uninspired football that I'm seeing out of Philadelphia. On the other side of it, the Seahawks, 
have some pretty manageable games in their future. They've got the Titans, Steelers, and Cardinals. Like, the Seahawks could mess around and be 10-7 and and an NFC wildcard team still. Like, this is a very, very real possibility. They had a horrible, horrible schedule to deal with, with a better-than-advertised Rams team, the 49ers, then the Cowboys, then the 49ers again, and then the Eagles. And they won against the Eagles. You're coming off of a horrific stretch into some relatively easier games. You've already beaten the Cardinals. The Titans, they're tough. They are a well-coached team, but that is still winnable. The Steelers, we're going to get into the Steelers a little bit later, but they feel directionless. And I honestly see Seattle potentially winning out, grabbing a, a wild card spot and a very, very open NFC playoff picture. And let's get right into it because the NFC playoff picture, especially the wild card race, is getting more and more fascinating. Gage, what are your, you know, what are what are some of your fun wild card teams that you see potentially making a push in these last three weeks? Well, hold on, let me let me really flesh this out. Try to look at every team's schedule <laughs> before I go into this because I want to be accurate as I can with the Seahawks remaining schedule before I deep dive. Does okay. anyone really trust the Seahawks though? Nope. No, 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 one hundred percent. No, like I'm talking regular season. I ain't talking playoffs. I'm talking playoffs. So the Seahawks schedule are Titans, Steelers, Cardinals. Very, very doable to win out. Very doable to win out. Uh, I said in a previous episode, what shot them in the foot is losing both games in season to the Rams, and the Rams also being the last holder of the wild card spot. So that makes it a little difficult because they're not going to get past the Rams in a tiebreaker scenario. So for that to happen, they need another team to collapse, which I wholeheartedly think they will in the Minnesota Vikings. There we go. Uh, Nick Mullins is not the guy. You just choked away a Jake Browning-led Cincinnati Bengals team. Chucked that away. And... You need they really needed Josh Dobbs to still play like the first half of the season, Josh Dobbs, they wanted to have a chance. And two weeks in a row, Josh Dobbs is not it's back to being backup quarterback, Josh Dobbs. Love to see the height of it, of the passion not and everything, but came back to came back to planet Earth. So I I don't see a world of their schedule, which I'm pretty sure they play Detroit this weekend, which I don't see them beating Detroit. Yeah, twice. Yeah, twice. I do not see them beating Detroit one of those times. And then they have the Packers sandwiched in the middle of that. And honestly, Jordan Love led Packers. I'm thinking Jordan Love led Packers too. Like six Minnesota, and eight. They've got a lot of they've got a lot of winning to do. Minnesota legit can lose out for the rest of the season. Aside from that last game with Detroit, depending on if Dan Campbell wants to not risk people. Because they pretty much have the division locked at this point. But if the number one seed's within reach, and Dan Campbell being Dan Campbell, I don't think that happens. I think Dan Campbell beats the dog shit out of you in week 18, too. Because he wants to go into the playoffs hot and send a message. So I think the Vikings fall to seven next week. The Rams move up to six. Then the weeks, pro- the two weeks following, Seahawks move into seven. Vikings fall out. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's honestly what I see happening as well. The Packers, they do, they have the pieces, but after that dismantling by the Bucks, I don't see them. You know, they're they're, they're, yeah, they're in a six and eight hole. That's it, that's that really hard to overcome. I don't see Seattle dropping one of their last three games. I, you know, the Packers, they're definitely they're, they're definitely in good a good position to win out. I hope my Bears can play spoiler to like if the Packers win, they're in the playoffs, and the Bears can spoil that in Week 18. That would be awesome I because mean, the Bears have nothing to play for. The this Packers season. exceeded all expectations going into the season, so like Jordan Absolutely. Love, they potentially can have a winning season of the first season. Jordan Love, so I think that's a win if you're a Packers fan. Like honestly. if they if they can get above if they can get above 500 for Jordan Love's rookie season, that would be huge for them. I feel like the division winners right now are pretty clear. In the NFC, the Bucks. After that performance from Baker Mayfield, I feel good about them. I feel really good about the Bucks. Uh, Justin, you uh, you got a particular favorite in this 
you know, kind of numb slog of an, a of an AFC, NFC playoff hunt. The AFC is very, very live. I, I was looking at it, and let's be honest, when, when we got into this past weekend, like going into it, we had so many teams that were in that hunt for these playoff spots. And let's keep it above. There's three playoff uh, spots in the wild card. We're only fighting over two in the NFC. The Eagles most likely are going to get that spot or the Cowboys. They're the first teams that's going to have that first playoff spot, whoever doesn't win the division. So out of the teams that are left, really, I only see four teams fighting for this last two spots. And that's going to be the Rams, the Seahawks, which that'll be interesting having another year of three teams going from the NFC West. New Orleans can technically play spoilers or Green Bay. Those are the only four teams I see really competing for these spots. Mm -hmm. And honestly, based on performance and like the remaining schedules, I could see the Rams taking one of them. Maybe because I picked them early in the season to, you know, be second place in the division, get into the playoffs. I will not let that go. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be a toss up. I, I could see New Orleans if that defense holds up and plays the way that they did against my Giants, even though we have a horrible offensive line i can see them squeaking by but i can also see green bay winning out and then one of these teams have that miraculous loss that just bumps them out of the space so i think this week is really gonna show like who is gonna be in there because the giants play the rams this week and i'm pretty saints, sure Saints play the rams the saints play the rams oh saints play the rams saints play the rams oh shit we got the eagles fuck my life <laughs> I'm thinking I'm too far ahead in my schedule. Um, but yeah, these next this next week is really going to determine more or less who's going to get those last two spots. I think the Rams are going to take one. And if I got to take a guess, I think Green Bay, based on their remaining schedule, might sneak in there. Let's go. All right. A 9-8 and eight Green Bay Packers team sneaking in at the 7 seed. I like it. It's a fun story. Um, it is... It's so fun looking at like the NFC playoff picture versus the AFC playoff picture because here's a here's a little fun tidbit for you. There are two eight and six teams in the AFC that are out of the playoffs right now. If the season were to end today, the eight and six Texans and the eight and six Bills would not be playing in the playoffs. That is the disparity between the conferences right now. And it's damn it if it's not one of the funniest things in the world to me. Uh, You're going to have a losing record winning a division. Oh. I think the Bucs can get a winning record. and I think Yeah, I was just saying, I think this year the Bucs come out with a winning record again. I, as weird record. as it is, there will be a winning record team to win the the, the NFC South. Because they I, the Bucs only need to win two. And if I'm remembering their schedule right, it's very manageable. Carolina is a big part of that. Do they play Carolina <laughs> twice or once? Okay, they only play Carolina once. And I like them against the Saints, especially at home. Yeah, I was like, you can chalk the Carolina up as a dub. And, like, they only got to pull one out of two against not great teams. Oh, yeah, no. Carolina uh, Panthers in Week 18, they're already take Baker in Mayfield. <laughs> Baker Mayfield playoff push. Let's fucking go. I love it. <laughs> send Baker Mayfield to the you know, send Baker Mayfield to the Pro Bowl. That's what I want. Ricardo, who do you see coming out of the NFC? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I definitely would have to say the Rams. I mean, they're, as you said earlier, better than advertised. Um, Matthew Stafford, um, when coming into the season, was kind of a question mark. Like, is he even going to play? I mean, he's looking like Super Bowl Matthew Stafford. I mean, he's making ridiculous throws. I don't know if you guys saw some of those throws that Stafford was making this week. Uh, unbelievable. unbelievable. That sideline throw to Higby was that's so sweet. One. Yes, that's the one right there. Oh, oh God, that was throw. Vintage Stafford. Uh, Sean McVay is a hell of a coach, man, um, because they kind of came in with that question mark of, like, is this team going to be one of the worst teams in the league, <laughs> you know? Um, and, I was asking that. They're right, the, right, they're right in the thick of things in the playoff picture. They got a big game um, in a couple days uh, at home versus the Saints, who are also in the thick of it, you know, at 7-7. Seven and seven. So uh, it's a big game. I could definitely see the Rams getting in. And um, 
You know what? I mean, I'm just not sold on Green Bay. I really, I really am not. I, Jordan Love is kind of, he's trending down. Like, God, he's such a roller coaster. And I get it's his first year starting, uh, you know, it's his first year as a full time starter. But man, it's been such a roller coaster. I'm not ready to, to say that. Yeah, you know, I, I trust Jordan Love to get the Packers into the playoffs in that, in that last spot. Um, it's really up for grabs. I could see it really flipping either way. To be honest with you, yeah, no, it's a, it's going to be interesting, and it really all is hinging on this Thursday night game. I'm so God, we've we've got a really really exciting Thursday night game with like playoff implications, people. There's playoffs on the line here. This is going to be fun to talk about. Before we get to that, we've been talking a little bit of wild card about the NFC. Now we got to talk a little bit about the top of the NFC, specifically the San Francisco 49ers are the team. And I'm just going to ask this generally to the group right now. Does San Francisco have two clear-cut MVP candidates in Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey? Yes. Let's yes, go. and the one that most deserves it is not going to win it. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm, interesting. Okay, so I'm going to say no. Oh. I'm going to say no. Uh, more going off Justin's point of the person that should have it and should get up all the talk about it is not going to get it. Yep. Surely because they're on the same team. Yeah, yep. you can't win MVP of the league and you're not the MVP of your own damn team. <laughs> so it's a this little bit from the guy two. two weeks ago. By the way, people, this guy two weeks ago had his name set as MV Purdy. Yeah, because he's gonna win it. <laughs> Especially after Dak, how Dak played this week. Like there's that did nope. a lot of favors for Brock. Purdy. It's not even close at this point. And Lamar's that's off like atrocious to say that Tyreek Hill is not even mentioned. It sucks. I think I think because he got derailed from 2K, that like that's now out the window, which yeah. sucks. But aside yeah. from that, like I think Brock Purdy is having a, a ridiculous season yeah. for himself. Nothing that really, I think really, really garners well. MVP because it's not nothing too like super crazy. Like he's, he's having a very very good season, and no other quarterbacks having a like relatively good season either besides like Lamar yeah. like well half the starting quarterbacks are injured yeah so it's the year of the backups it's like year of the backups and perfect segue to Kyle go <laughs> but no Nothing, get in there no real quick this is why I don't necessarily care about the MVP award it's going to be more interesting to see if either Tyreek Hill or CMC gets offensive player of the year that's the only Ooh. award I care about more that's that's Freak. tough that's tough because it's gotta be real. Kind of want one of them to win MVP, but they they like H said they also the NFL just needs to like make the MVP just straight up be like okay this is a quarterback award. It's make, so make, it, like make it happen. Yeah. yeah, the MVP is a quarterback award, just like Defensive Player of the Year is a pass rush award. The only reason Stephon Gilmore won it in nineteen is because that was a truly special season. Like people don't talk enough about. If anybody except Deron Bland wins Defensive Player of the Year. I'm not even a Cowboys fan, and I'm going to riot. I don't know. He's not. He's He's not. He got cooked cooked in recent weeks. It's just straight. It's going to be TJ Watt again. TJ Watt. No, it's because his third 15 sack season. You know, we can't argue with that at least. And he, he won the Steelers three games by himself. Yeah. I mean, if you've got, it's basically the defensive MVP. Like, let's be honest there, because the MVP has so much become an offensive award. So if you're going to have a defensive most valuable player, I think it's the guy that won three games for his team. Like, that makes a level of sense anyways. So, yeah, I don't know. We've got to talk. Although, although I'm disagreeing with you, Justin. I'm not saying should. Should is the wrong plan. Should or will. Will is. Yeah, I know. I don't know. DK Metcalf kind of baby boyed Deron Bland a couple times there. That was pretty good. It was pretty good. I don't know if that's defensive play. It's a pass rush award. It's a pass rush award. Who are we kidding? We've got we've got to talk about now. We've talked about the top of the NFC. Let's talk a little bit about the bottom feeders in the NFC because we've been talking about the year of the backup. Jacoby Brissett steps in for Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders and starts spinning it. They are not able to get the win. But damn it, Jacoby Brissett on two drives was able to do more than Sam Howell the whole damn game, which is so disappointing. I was beating the drum for Sam Howell this season, and he's kind of falling off. 
is that because like i don't know maybe the coaching's not working as well anymore who knows we'll you know we'll see when the off season because the commanders their season is basically shut down at four and ten they're all but eliminated i think they're technically yeah no wait no they're out they were out they're out this week they have been eliminated so yeah no it's over i think that at the end of the day you probably i don't know keep sam howell benched but jacoby Brissett, how about it ricardo i'm uh i'm not gonna throw it to you because you asked me not to throw it to you on this one i'm gonna throw it to justin god sorry folks the adhd meds take about a month to ramp up and kick in okay so i'm gonna make this quick let, let's not start buying some sauce into Jacoby Brissett. No, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. He kind had his chance in Cleveland. He had his chance in Indy. Indy. No, we're, we're not doing this right now. Now, what I am going to say is the commanders gave up on this season. Yes, they did. They're already thinking about next season when Riverboat Ron gets the outs on Black Monday and more than likely what they should do, because this has been the episode of what should happen versus what's actually going to happen. They should let Eric Bieniemy be a head coach because he got a lot out of Sam Howell. For God's sake, Sam Howell was leading the league in passing for some crazy reason. For a while. For a while. Here's the thing. Watch it not happen. <laughs> I don't know what kind of like script writing BS may happen in the offseason, but I've seen the commanders do it and I hope they change it because they have new ownership. But if they're going to fall to the same stupidity, they're going to hire somebody else. When you have somebody that literally changed your offense and actually made you relevant in house, but I'm, I'm not buying stock in Jacoby Brissett. I'm not doing this. This has been the year of the backup quarterbacks. He did play well in two drives, but watch him get in a game and you have to rely on him. It's not going to work. Yeah, no. He's he's a fun backup, you know. We talk about it all the time. We love we love fun backups here on the house call. Do not get it twisted. Shout out Jake Browning. Shout out Jake Browning. Like strong shout out to Jake Browning right now. Shout out Gardner Minshew. Gardner no, Minshew. No, no, we, is no, like, no, no, no. He's I, a backup I just had to start it up. Gardner Minshew should be a starting quarterback. Minshew. And we knew what that guy was. We knew what he was. I fucking love Gardner Minshew so And also much. Jake Browning with a fucking clip and a half with the you should not, uh, what was it? You shouldn't have you fucking shouldn't cut, have me. cut me. Yeah. You shouldn't have fucking cut me. That was a, dude, Drop what a, a clip and a half. That, that was this generation's versions of you like that. Right, yeah. Oh my oh, God, man. no, it totally was. Oh, that's going to be a Helmet down, slammed his helmet, just screaming. Man, that was awesome. Shut How about that down. touchdown to oh. T. Higgins? You guys see that yeah, one? Stop. Oh my gosh! T. So Higgins was like, "Yeah, no, I'm still, I'm still a guy." I know Jamar Chase is here, but by the way, oh, speaking of Jamar time. Chase, he's missing time. I'd like the rest of the season. Is he shut down? I don't think they've made the decision to shut him down yet. Ooh. Last I saw, but like separated shoulder, like depending on the severity, like that surgery, like that is time away from the game. Is it is a separated shoulder? Oh, uh, that's what I saw in the ticker going by Sunday, Sunday night. Oh, and that that's that's something you have to think about long term because not only is it you missing time, but when you come back, you don't have that range of motion and that catch radius that you used to. No, that's mm, I don't like that. I, oh, no, I do not like that. And I mean, like we're on the we're on the backup quarterback kick and obviously Jacoby Brissett is not the long-term answer in Washington Washington's kind of staring down a top five pick right now and there's some good quarterbacks in this class like Jaden Daniels realistically could be around for number four overall do you want to do you want Jaden Daniels do you want the Heisman winner do you want to mess around with that Eric Bieniemy? think about that there's a there's a lot of questions I have going into the draft and now I have even more questions okay. because the stupid fucking Bears can't, can't <laughs> win. All I'm, gonna say, I, like, I'm not I, by any means a Commanders fan. You have way too many holes to fill with just one pick. All I'm going to say. You know, the true. fact that Kayvon Thibodeau owns you tells me you need a tackle more than you need a quarterback. They should take Joe They need Alter, to Ole. drop down, accumulate picks. Sam Hell can get you there. He, he can. He's shown it. He's like, he, like, I feel the same way about Sam Howell that I do about Justin Fields. I'm like, give him the cast that, like, Brock Purdy has or Tua has 
and see what they do. Like, I'm so sick of all of the people in Chicago talking about how, oh, yeah, no, Justin Fields is clearly out after that loss to, you know, the Browns. I'm like, first of all, no. His two interceptions against a great Browns defense came on Hail Marys at the end of the second half and at the end of the game, one of which was in Darnell Mooney's chest and bounced up and went into a Cleveland Brown defender's hands. I was so furious watching that game. And I was so furious watching Luke Getze's play calling. Like, Luke Getze, you suck. I hate you. I hope you get fired. Like, you make my Sundays absolutely unfucking bearable because you don't know how to use your rushing attack. You like, oh God, you have one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the league. Like that's not debatable at this point. We can at least agree that Justin Fields is one of the best rushing threats outside of Lamar Jackson in the league when it comes to quarterbacks. And you're not even, oh, you're not doing a single thing to make your offense fit that. You're trying to run the pro style scheme that you ran with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Guess what? Justin Fields isn't Aaron Rodgers, so he's not going to do well in a pro-style scheme where he's got to... Oh, Joe, I've got to get off my soapbox right now because I'm going to go forever on this. Marvin hey, Harrison Jr. Yeah, should be Can I, can I press like overall. two buttons real quick? Can I press two buttons on you real quick? Real quick. <laughs> if I can press some Jets buttons back, fine. Well, you can, there's nothing you can say that could hurt me at this point. It's like, there's nothing you can say to Justin that could hurt him at this point. Oh, yeah. uh, so... Well, how big of a meltdown do you have if they fire Luke Getzey and hire Brandon Staley? <laughs> Here's what needs to happen. Here's what needs to happen. Chicago's going to burn no, down. That's what's going to no, happen. <laughs> no, no. If Brandon Staley comes anywhere near Chicago, I will die inside. I will absolutely, like, <clears throat> here's what needs to happen. Matt Eberflus needs to be demoted to defensive coordinator. We need to go out and get Ben Johnson or Brian Callahan to run this team because I don't necessarily believe in Matt Eberflus as a head coach. He's really just put his foot in his mouth every time he's got a microphone in front of him. This week he said that like they're not sure and it's a week to week in Chicago and they're not sure if they're moving forward with Luke Getzey or Justin Fields. And I'm like, either like make make a pick at least you're either going to stick with your scheme or you're going to stick with your player and change the scheme to fit your player that's what needs to happen ah i oh this is what being a bears fan is like i don't know why i let myself get so worked up because i've not had one good season of i've had no in my entire life i've had two good seasons of football i was born after the 85 season you understand this people i have had the 2006 patriots not double doink patriots not the 2006 bears where rex grossman absolutely annihilated my heart and turned me into a patriots fan and then i had 2018 which was capped off by the fucking double doink that's been the, the those have been the highest heights of my fandom as a bears fan we also, don't that was a Mitch Trubisky led bears team too Mitch Trubisky, God. First off, we all know that that Rex Grossman uh, Super Bowl season Bears, that was really the Devin Hester's Bears. Snubbed. He's the first Hall of Famer. Absolutely snubbed this year. Second button I want to press real quick. What if they fire none of the coaching staff and just get rid of Justin Fields? Dude, I'll die inside because they're going to ruin Drake May or Caleb Williams. Like, they'll ruin either one of them. I think the first button for me is the funniest if they hire Brandon Staley. If they hire Brandon I will Staley, die I would scream. Oh, my God. No. No. I hate it. 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 <laughs> or, like, praying for you. Like, Sean, I think Sean Montgomery gets canned in Buffalo. So, you. I wouldn't mind. I mean, like, I, w- I wouldn't mind Sean McDermott, but I don't think he's the best fit for the Bears right now. And I think Matt Eberflus would be a good defensive coordinator because the bears are second in interceptions in the league right now, which, okay. That came out of nowhere. Montez sweat is leading both the commanders and the bears in sacks, which I think is just a hilarious stat. I mean, like you have defensive pieces and I mean, Tremaine Edmonds has been showing up in the last few weeks. You've got Jalen Johnson playing out of his fucking mind. Pay the man. Like if Ryan Paul doesn't, if Ryan Poles doesn't re-sign Jalen Johnson, he's so dumb. No, no. It's the fact that Jalen Johnson, after you disrespect somebody like that, he ain't playing for y'all no more. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. Ugh. 
Mm, we need to get off of this because I will talk about the Bears being a just poverty franchise forever. Let's switch over conferences. Let's talk a little bit at AFC playoff pictures starting at the bottom because we like some working from the bottom up in the wild card race the you know the bills are out right now but they are looking like they are heating up ricky i'm throwing it to you first are the bills on the comeback now oh yeah i think they're winning the division <sighs> yeah we're gonna take it from yep. the dolphins let's I go think, yeah i mean you look at uh I don't have their schedule right in front of me, but I know it's a couple of... Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. They played the Chargers this week. Mm -hmm. Right. So they play against Easton Stick, okay, mm -hmm. who just got blown out by 40 by the Raiders. That's a win. <laughs> um, they Pats. play... Um, Pats after. The Patriots. There you go. A couple gimmies. And then the last week, you know, uh, in Miami, it's going to be for... It looks like it's going to be for the, the division because Miami has a, has a tough... They got a tough final stretch here. No, they definitely I, I think do. you can. I'm I'm doubling down. Buffalo's gonna win the division. They're gonna uh, they're gonna overtake the Dolphins. Oh, Damn, it's Sammy gonna be AFC East. I mentioned it last week. I, I told I said it last week when the Dolphins kind of had that meltdown against the Titans that it just kind of. It leaves a little, a little uh, crease in that door for that that division. It absolutely does. I will say though, I think that was a good wake up call for the Dolphins because they, I'm sorry, Gage, they took it to the Jets in a lot of different ways. I mean, in a lot. Of did that surprise ways. anyone? No, <laughs> no. You should be trying to get a higher draft pick to get a good tackle. That's that's what should be happening right now. Man, the, bro, the, fuck a tackle. Give me Drake May, this bitch. Dude, you're going to kill the kid. Don't put bro, anyone behind that line till you fix bro, it. You so don't need, know. No, sign no. an offensive line. You get one you get one more year of a bad quarterback because I'm sorry. You need you need everyone. You need two new tackles. You need a new guard. You need a depth piece we, in case Barry Parker gets hurt again. We need one tackle. We need one tackle. You need two tackles. I like Makai Beckett. I don't. I'm not a Mackay Beckton guy. He's played very well on the right side. He's been, yeah, he's been all right, but I don't trust. I don't trust him to stay healthy either. Well, that—that's the big point. That's the big thing. And like, Ricky, and, I totally hijacked that for you. I'm so if, sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, I definitely can see. I can see the Bills contending for the top of the division because, like you said, they've much, much easier run than the Dolphins, who have to go against the Cowboys. And I believe another tough. Yeah, they Ravens. Yep. Mm -hmm. In Baltimore. In Baltimore. That's in Baltimore. not fun. The one thing I will say that Miami has going for them is that that Week 18 game is in Miami. I think Miami is a lot. They have a much bigger home field advantage than a lot of other teams in the league. I think because of how much pre-snap motion and and you know that Shanahan style offense that McDaniel has done very very well implementing. So that's one thing that I think the Dolphins will be able to kind of, you know, not necessarily rest their hat on, but they can take a little bit of a sigh of relief and. If they continue, you know, bouncing back from a wake-up loss, because that's what it was against the Titans, they, they they could still, you know, hold on to the, you know, they can still hold on to the East, maybe sneak out uh, that two seed and have a really easy, you know, seven seed game. Although I say that, and right now, Gardner Minshew is in that seven seed. And I love me some Gardner Minshew. Everyone knows that I love me some Gardner Minshew. But I'm going to throw it to Gage. Give me your thoughts on what you see happening for the AFC wild card picture. Are the Bills kind of a shoe in at this point? Uh, fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Um, so <laughs> I've said this on three, three weeks in a row. And the Bills have told me to go fuck myself every week since. And that's just crazy. Because I, I hate the Bills. I did like not even being a Jets fan, like overrated as fuck. Every year is their year, just like Cowboys fans, and they don't do shit. And they had an awful, they lost to the Jets this year. You can't lose to the Jets and the Patriots and expect to be, go anywhere. You just can't. No. That being said, they kept, got it together, went on an absolute heater. Stefan Diggs has shut his mouth for like three weeks in a row, which is a win. <laughs> that, means you, that means you're doing well if Stefan Diggs hasn't requested a trade this week. Um, 
or Trayvon Diggs isn't on Twitter saying, get my brother out of there. <laughs> okay, so realistically, the Chargers just uh, should eliminate them now. They shouldn't even be on this list. Raiders, sorry, Ricky, also out. Yeah, I know. Broncos, after that absolute ass whooping from the Lions, unfortunately, are also probably out. It's looking rough. It's looking Steelers, tough. ain't no fucking chance with Mason Rudolph and Mr. Trubisky, whoever you so choose, Mike Tomlin. I hope is I really do like, like not. I'm not a Steelers fan by any margin. I hope Mike Tomlin's streak does not end to this heinous season. Yeah, like, oh God, it's looking like like very likely, but I I hope for Mike Tomlin it doesn't. Um. So that leaves the two teams that realistically at eight and six could be in the playoffs. Uh, they dug up Joe Flacco, and apparently he can still play quarterback. <laughs> so the Browns are yeah, picked off three times, goddammit. Or apparently safe. <laughs> Somehow, some way. How are they? The Browns are nine and, nine and five. Nine and nine five. And five. <laughs> with the corpse of Joe Flacco. Slinging that thing. Yeah. Stefanski deserves coach of the year just for the work that Bro, has gone into how, this Browns team. How? Quarterbacks. I, I press my own. I was going to press my own. Button. Yeah, I'm not thrilled about it either. I'd prefer they'd be eight and six too, man. Oh, but my real concern right now would be for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's where. The concern is of how this playoff picture shifts. If they lose a divisional game, because I believe they have one more on this. Oh, they have two Titans games. I bet they have two Titans games. Um, Titans are a tough out. If the Colts slide up to take four, that means it's head to head Texans Jaguars. Didn't the Texans, uh, no, yes. didn't the Jaguars beat the Texans? They're split. Sure. Oh, they're split? Oh, they're split. they're split. Who has the better divisional record? Oh, this is important. See, now we get into yeah, that. Now we get into tiebreakers. It's going to get real interesting. God, Week 18 is going to rock for the AFC because not only do you have, you have Bills and Dolphins, you also, <laughs> you have Texans Colts. Yeah. Like, you see how this could shift any which way now. Like, it's almost too close to figure out. The Bengals don't have easy games either. They have to play the Ravens. No. I think the Bengals probably have the toughest schedule. Theoretically, at the beginning of week 18, the Bills will be in the sixth seed. And I believe I'm going to say the Texans, due to their schedule, will be the seventh seed. Give me the Texans. Let's go. Jaguars out completely. I think that's just how it's going to work. But that week 18 could shuffle real realistically could shuffle anywhere from depending on the chief, the Chiefs lose another game and the Broncos keep winning. They're one game apart. Like Broncos might mess around and win the West. It's two no, games. It's, two, it's, it's highly unlikely, but it's still in the realm of possibility. So anywhere from four to seven could shuffle this week. Anywhere from two to seven, except the number one seed could shuffle in the week eighteen in the AFC, and that's outrageous to think about. I love this. Like that, we could have a complete shuffle in the last week of the season. Yeah, it is worth noting that only the Ravens in the AFC have clinched a playoff spot, and right now in the NFC, you've got the Niners, Cowboys, and Eagles all in. Like it, they will not miss the playoffs, and only the Ravens have clinched a playoff spot in the AFC. It's shaping up to be one of the most exciting ends for a season that I, that I can remember. Like you have, like you said, Gage, almost the entire AFC playoff picture up for grabs. With three games left to play, like that, that just shows how exciting the end of this year has been. Um, where are we with the AFC playoff picture? Is that everyone? Do we do? Nope. Justin, get in there. Nope. But it is interesting that we're seeing because we just came from the NFC, where we basically said the division winners are pretty much set in stone. But the AFC is the complete opposite. Everything is up for grabs. The teams that we thought in the beginning of the season that 
we thought we were going to win their division, that thought they were safe, that thought they were going to be in the playoffs, all of a sudden may not be it. The Chiefs, I swear to God, if the Chiefs somehow lose the division, I will laugh my ass off as someone who has been publicly clowning Kadarius Tony all season. <laughs> so that's one thing. Second thing, the fact that my I, I wish Sammy was on this episode. The fact that Miami <laughs> still has a chance to lose the AFC East after the way that the Bills were playing to begin the season, I like to take full credit for that. I had a little heart to heart with Josh Allen through this podcast, telling him I thought you were the king of New York football, and then you decided to prove me wrong because you know the rest of the New York teams are playing like trash. No offense, Gage. I'm with there. I'm right there with you. But the wild card is really going to be an interesting one because these next three games really determine all those factors. And you know what? Give me Houston to get in. I can't believe give me the Colts to find a way in with Garner Minshew. And give me Kevin Stefanski to be coach of the year because what he did with four fucking quarterbacks and the Cleveland Browns, you need to give that man, you need to give Miles Garrett a damn statue in Cleveland. That's who I think got the wild card. And then the division is going to go however it goes. But as somebody who loves January football, because I love to see it in the cold, I want Buffalo to win the division because I want a Buffalo home game in the snow. Yeah. I want a snowball game. Snowball games are bad. I forgot to also mention this real quick. Uh, If um, one Miami team decides to lose out, they could miss the playoffs. Forgot to mention that. If you look at that, it's very, very possible. And that's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, it sounds wild, but if they lose out, go to ten and seven. Bills Hopkins, Colts Hopkins, Texans Hopkins, anybody above five hundred, and the Jags top them as well. Hold up, can you imagine a possibility after getting seventy thrown on your head if Denver finds a way in, but Miami gets bumped out? Yikes. Now we're talking. Now we're talking fun. The scriptwriters will be hard at work for that one. Oof. But yeah, it's just things going gears turning in my head. I was like, yeah, if Miami loses out, all the wild card teams right now would pass them. Every single one of them. Am I back? Oh. Yeah, you're back, Al. So, okay. which is the Dolphins have to <laughs> not lose to the Bills, not lose to the Ravens. And who do they play next week? Dallas. Cowboys. And the Cowboys mm. are they're gonna they're be looking to go revenge back. game in. Wait, is it at Dallas or at Miami? In Dallas. In Dallas. Oh yeah, Cowboys at home. That's an L for the Dolphins. I told you. I don't think the you beat the Ravens in Baltimore either. Like there's a very realistic stand where Miami doesn't make the playoffs at all. Dude, I hope it happens because then we can just bury Sammy for the entire I think season. We... Sammy might bury himself, dog. <laughs> <laughs> He'll oh be right God. there on the couch with us during the playoffs. Bro, no. I, I don't think we hear from Sammy for a week. I don't think he... Dude, if, the, if, if the Dolphins lose out and miss the playoffs... Sammy's going to be inconsolable. Oh my gosh, that's I but that's how crazy Rob the AFC would, playoff picture. I don't think Rob would let him live that down. <laughs> no, God no. And well, I wouldn't let him live it down either. We're talking about Rob. Be worried about me, Sammy. Don't don't lose out. Don't you dare do it because I will never let you hear the end of it. I'm a Bears fan. I have nothing. The scary thing is, it's a legitimate chance too. They lose out. <laughs> Can we just put a picture of Sammy's face like right party. here in the middle of the screen? <laughs> <laughs> all right we have talked a whole bunch about playoff pictures we got to talk about hey playoffs are on the line this week thursday night football saints and rams whoever wins this i feel like has the other one bounced out of the wild card race pretty effectively and the saints if it's them they could get bounced out of the division race for the nfc south this is all going down on thursday night football we finally got an exciting one people we're going to be pumped to talk about this one and justin i'm throwing it to you first give me your prediction of what you see going down in sofi stadium fuck the saints (laughs) (laughs) 
ruined my playoff it. hopes. But anyways, no. If you, I'm you going, had playoff hopes? Listen, it was a long shot, hopes, but it was possible. Still alive. Wow. Anyways, I honestly, I, I don't believe in the Saints. I, I don't believe in how that offense runs. I don't believe in Derek Carr. He, he was supposed to save New Orleans. Wasn't happening. It sucks because I'm a fan of Tyron Matthew, but unfortunately, I can't see it happening. The Rams are showing that they have enough juice to get you in there. And the fact that you took a complete receiver that nobody knew in Puka Nakua and basically turned him into almost a pro bowler in his first season. Yeah, give, give, give me the Rams. Honestly, just give me the Rams. I'm going to keep it short. Keep it short and sweet. We've got the Rams on Thursday. Do you have a score prediction for us, sir? Give me uh, 24 to 10. 24 to 10 LA. Gage, give me your breakdown for Thursday. Um, this is going to be an absolute blowout and a half. Blowout. So, Let's go. It's be a blowout and a half. <laughs> um, as much as I want to say something like super hockeyer and say, oh, Derek Carr is going to you know, throw for 350, keep the Saints playoffs hopes alive, it's just not going to happen. Uh, they can't control Aaron Donald. Um, they have a banged up Chris Olave to throw to. And the Saints defense just can't keep up with Cooper Cup, Pukin Tour, and Kyron Williams. They just can't do it. And Kyron the offensive line play yeah. for Saint, uh, for LA has helped Matthew Stafford and kept him upright, which is the biggest thing for an older quarterback who isn't as mobile as he used to. But Matthew Stafford is still one tough motherfucker, man. So he'll take his hits, he'll step in the throws, and he won't play scared of getting hit. That's never been him, and he won't be him. So he's going to take that team deep in the playoffs. And the Saints ain't getting in the way. Let's go 31-6. to Ooh, Blowout victory for the Rams. Let's go. Now, I... I'm an NFC North fan. So I got to watch Matthew Stafford throughout his entire Detroit career. I'm rooting for him. God damn it. If I wasn't so thrilled when he finally won a Super Bowl, it was awesome. And I'm rooting for him now. Yeah, no gauge. I completely agree. The, um, I, I love watching Matthew Stafford. I'm an NFC North fan. I'm always rooting for him. Like that's the thing. And it's awesome to see him back on a, you know, relatively successful team on a team that is performing above expectations. And it was great to see him win a Super Bowl, you know, in 2021. That was fucking awesome. I, I want the world for Matthew Stafford. I think he's going to have his way with the Saints on Thursday night. Give me the Rams by a lot of points. I think the Saints are going to be able to put up some kind of effort, but it'll be like too little, too late. Garbage time touchdowns. Give me the Rams like 35 to 17. Oh, what? Ricky's prediction. We lost Ricky. Saints. Wait, what did he? What? So oh, Rick, Ricky put it here. Give me the Saints 27-24. So he's going against all of us. Oh, so all right. We've got, we've got a little bit of technical difficulties going on. Ricky's mic cut out. He has put his prediction in our chat. He has got the Saints 27 to 24 pulling off the upset in SoFi Stadium. There you have it, folks. Sorry, We're I got pretty that much meme of Matthew Stafford. <laughs> Ricky Don't gave a hot bounce. Fans by 30. Was that a work? Did we get worked? Was that a work? Do you think that was a work? That could nope. <laughs> no, that couldn't have been. Nah. All of the like all the fight pit is here as well. So we're all like, is that a work? <laughs> Well, there you have it, folks. There is our prediction for Thursday Night Football. We're pretty much locked in on the Rams, except for Ricky, who had to cut out to try and fix his microphone. Until the next time, that is Gage. That is Justin. My name is Kyle. It has been great hanging out with you on the Gridiron segment. We will see you on the next episode. Peace. Durden does have the kind of tendency to be open to the submission, which Ulan Bekoff is able to.